According to the NPD group, ebook sales for traditionally published books were down in the first half of 2021. That's the most recent data I could find. Now, I'm fairly confident that ebook sales are still going up for indie authors, but the data is a bit opaque. Meanwhile, over in audiobook land, sales continue to go up by double digits every year. So the data is clear that you need an audio version of your book. And more and more readers are like me. They're switching from ebooks to audiobooks. I now only listen to books. If your book only exists on paper or e-ink, I won't read it, regardless of how cool I think your book is. I'm just too busy. So for indie authors, especially, it can be expensive to hire someone to record your audiobook for you. This is still the best for fiction, and it's what I recommend if you can afford it. A good characterization is a learned skill, and the professional narrators know how to do it well. But I realize not all indie authors can afford to hire a professional narrator. And if you write nonfiction, many readers like to hear the author's voice. So how do you record your own audiobook? And what software should you use on your computer? We'll find out in this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr., CEO of Author Media, and this is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and make a difference with writing worth talking about. Now, I should say, when I record episodes of this podcast, one of the tools that I use is a piece of software called Hindenburg. For those of you who've gone through my podcast training, you've heard me say lots of nice things about Hindenburg for podcasts. In fact, when I present this at conferences, it's, I've gotten gasps of astonishment from the audience when they saw how much easier Hindenburg was to use than other podcasting tools like Audacity and GarageBand. But we're not going to talk about Hindenburg for podcasting. There is a version of Hindenburg called Hindenburg Narrator. It's made specifically for audiobook narrators. And we have a special guest on the show today who's an expert at using Hindenburg Narrator. His official title is the Minister of Education for Hindenburg, which I think is a pretty <laughs> cool title. And he's going to tell us how you can get the most out of using Hindenburg Narrator. Jonathan Hurley, welcome to the Novel Marketing Podcast. Hello, thank you very much. Thanks everybody for listening and thank you for having me on. So I should ask for somebody who's like, what is Hindenburg Narrator? Most DAWs, which is like most just re recording programs, they were developed for music production. So the idea with Hindenburg Narrator is that it's a recording program, which we call a DAW, but it's specifically made for making audiobooks. Yeah. So a lot of DAWs, like what you're saying, they have a track for the drummer and a track for the singer, and it's a very short audio file with a whole bunch of layers on top right. of it. And there's all these knobs and buttons and bells and whistles that really only apply to music. Like, I remember there was a time when GarageBand had a metronome that was on by default when you're recording. And it's little annoyances like that that you don't have in Hindenburg, which is designed for a really long piece of audio with maybe only two tracks, right? So we typically on this podcast, we have a track for me, a track for the guest, and a track for the music, the intro music. And that's it. <laughs> but that's a 30 minute long episode. And so it goes for a really long time. And so the interface that you need to interact with that well is very different. Right. So how is some people listening already have Hindenburg for their podcast. So how is Hindenburg narrator different from regular Hindenburg? Okay. So the main difference is that you open up the text of a book, 
like an EPUB or a Word document or something, and it displays on the screen. And then as you're recording, it syncs up your voice with that text so that later on, if you want to go back to a sentence, you can click on the sentence and re-record that sentence. And then when you are going to publish it, the places where people put their audiobooks are usually ACX, which is for Amazon, and another one called Findaway Voices, which is a competitor. They want to make sure that it's consistent through the whole thing and that kind of stuff. So that technical part of it can be overwhelming. And so it's geared so that when you publish for ACX and it runs it through the exact kind of specs that you'll need for ACX, so you don't have to worry about it. So that's the main thing. When I recorded my last audiobook, I was so intimidated by ACX's very stringent audio guidelines that I hired an audio engineer just to do the mastering, to get all the luffs set correctly and the DBs set correctly. Like, there's a lot of like things you had to set correctly, and I didn't even know what those things were. And I'm a technical person, so the fact that there's an ACX checkbox is really a game changer in allowing mere mortals to very easily record audiobooks. At that point, it's just a matter of focusing on the performance and the editing. So walk us through the process. I've got my completed manuscript. It's perfect. I've done all the edits from the editor. How do I take that text file, that Word document or Scrivener document on my computer and turn it into an audiobook that somebody could buy on Audible? Okay, so you would go to open, just like you would open up another Hindenburg session, except instead of opening a Hindi session, you just select the text file of the book. And so let's say it's like you did it in Microsoft Word. You just click on the Microsoft Word document and it opens up in this bottom part of the screen. It's called the manuscript. And there's a table of contents that's next to it too. So if your book has a structure that you put in, meaning you went in and you said, this is chapter one and this is chapter two, all those chapters and parts will come up automatically. If you didn't do that, that's fine too. It will just come up as one big text document called book. And then when you have it like that, you basically just can press the right arrow key and it's one button recording. You just press that, it starts recording. And then every time you press the right arrow key, it will put in this thing called a navigation point. And that's what syncs up your text in the and your audio. And so you just start reading until you're done. My grandfather actually used to record for the blind. And my grandmother would be there on a cassette tape. And anytime he would misread something, she'd have to click stop on the cassette tape and then rewind. And then he would start over again. <laughs> this is very difficult analog experience. So obviously that's not how you do it now. All the DAWs are better. But what is the approach for fixing and correcting misreads in Hindenburg? I got into Hindenburg because I worked for the Library of Congress. And that's a big production where all of this stuff gets recorded for the Library of Congress and distributed for blind and visually impaired people. And we switched to Hindenburg and then I started to train people and that's how I got into that. So this program evolved from exactly what you said. It was literally a person reading a book next to a blind person. And now it's this other thing. But you still want to try to, in your performance, remember that that's what you're doing. Even though you're in an ISO booth and all this, you're trying to deliver as if there's like a little blind girl next to you and you're reading her her story that's an aside but anyway how you would do a pickup or a punch in and all that stuff so if you're reading along and you go bloop and you make a mistake you just stop rewind the program and you do it. it's called a pickup or called a punch in you just start at the beginning of that sentence and you just do the record it's going to do this thing called pre-roll and that just means it plays a couple seconds 
of the part that you want to keep and then you just pick up the recording again. If you think about it, what an audiobook is is a collection of all of your pickups. And if it's a seven-hour audiobook, it's going to be hundreds of them. So if you get good at pickups, you don't have to edit them out afterwards. But now let's say you review a book, like you record on Monday. On Wednesday, you review what you recorded on Monday. And then you realize, ah, I said the wrong thing. I called him Barack Obama. It's not his name. I got to correct that. So how do you do that, though? Hindenburg has a very special thing for this, especially once you're dealing with, again, big parts of what what if you realize oh no i messed up something in chapter one and i'm on chapter nine you can go into any part in narrator and you make this selection and you record anything you want and it will stick it in that selection anywhere in that book so you can fix any mistake in the past and it will automatically adjust all the timings and everything that is a huge thing it's called record selection and that's a huge one to fix mistakes and do all this stuff it's pretty amazing that's way better than how we did it back in the day. Because it used to be you had to make your fixes from the end working forward. Because otherwise, somebody gives you a correction and they're like, at one hour, 53 minutes and two seconds, you misstate. But if you re-record, it changes the timing. That's now no longer the right timestamp. So you have to do it in backwards order and it's a real hassle. So yes. having that handled automatically, that is a major stress reducer. It's like, you kids these days, you don't know how good you've got it. <laughs> I was the guy who used to have to put in people's corrections, again, like two minutes into a book that's five hours long and have to take the rest of the five hours and shuffle it off to the side and put it back. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. So yeah, that one in particular is a game changer for me. Okay. So I've recorded my whole book. I did punch-ins where I knew I made mistakes. Then I listened to my book and where I noticed mistakes I'd missed the first time, I re-record that section. And so now... I've listened through it a few times, haven't caught any issues. My audio file is now done. Now what do I do? Okay. Well, the question is if you wanted to proofread it, um, and this one's kind of up to you. You can do this on your own. You can hire somebody to do this. You can decide you don't want to do it. Probably not a great idea, but that's up to you. And however you do the proofing, you'll get back this list of corrections. Like, hey, this point and you'd fix it how i just said you know to do that let's say you've done all that stuff and it's ready to like how do i get it out into the world so it used to be we had this thing it was a drop down menu where it said export and it would give you a list of everything that was wrong and going to be flagged by acx i'm just use acx but it's the same thing with find away voices same thing it would say oh this chapter heading is too short or this space is too long and then you could go in and you could fix it but then now we've automated that. So instead of that happening, where it just it still tells you this is the stuff that would get flagged, but we just fixed it. So all the chapter headings, if there's not enough time, it'll put in some time. If there's too much time, it'll take some away. So it won't get flagged by ACX's thing. So you just run it through that, and then you just export it out, and it will export out as chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. And the other thing about it that's complicated is that Again, you got a seven-hour book, ACX or whomever doesn't want a seven-hour-long audio file. They want it in these different chunks. So with doing it like this in Hindenburg, it'll just break up the chunks automatically. That's all you got to do? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish this, I wish I had this when I recorded my audiobook. So once you get those chunks, those files, the next steps are all basically handled at ACX. ACX has a kind of a wizard that walks you through got to type in the title and pick pricing. And a lot of that suddenly stops being a technical thing. 
for the audiobook and becomes just a publishing thing of your ebook. And right. so let's say you start getting some reviews back and you find out, oh, I mispronounced this name. There was a location in my book and I mispronounced it throughout the whole book. Sure. It's a town named after an Indian tribe and I completely botched it. How would somebody in Hindenburg narrator go about fixing that? Okay. I would say like the best post-production is always pre-production, meaning like if you can solve problems beforehand, it's so much faster and easier and cheaper and all this stuff. There are tools in Hindenburg. There's the favorites window and the clipboards. And so just as you're going along, the favorites window is to store clips of audio and so that you open it in every different Hindenburg session. So anything you drag into the favorites window, you open up a new Hindenburg session, that's going to be there. And I would recommend everybody puts room tone in there. Room tone is just the recorded silence of your space. And the other one is the clipboards. And the purpose of the clipboards is that you can organize these little clips of audio and you can drag stuff in and out. And so narrators put in clips into the clipboard for proper nouns, pronunciation, all this stuff. If you're doing characters, anything like that, just to keep yourself consistent, you can always check how you set it in chapter one to be clear about that. So that's one thing that's really huge. And if you're narrating for somebody else, you say, hey, here's 100 words from your book. I want to hear you pronounce each one of these 100 words and names and whatnot. And then you take the recordings of each one of those words. You put it in your clipboard. And the next time you have to say Tonkawa, you have the click play. You hear the author saying Tonkawa the correct way. And then you say it correctly in the book. Exactly. So you could just stop the problem from happening in the first place. And then the other thing is, we had a, a person that was a little kid's author. They recorded a book series, book one, two, and three. And she was amazing. She did these monster voices and stuff. So she do these monsters. They were in the first book. They come back in the third book. So the idea was like, it would be great because I already made all those clips when I in the first session when I did that. So what happened is that now you can import a clipboard. You can import all the clips you've made for any Hindenburg project. They'll just come into whatever session you're working on. So it's super handy for a lot of different things. But if you didn't do that, life happens, things come up, said the wrong words, they're there. What you can do is you can go through the text because the, your audio is synced up with the text. Anywhere where you find that word, you can just click on the actual text and the screen. It will go to that place with the audio and the text. And then you just do that thing I talked about before, replacing a selection. You just highlight it, redo it, and say the correct version of the thing. And then you just send it off again. And does it have search? So can I do Command F or Control F and search through to find a list of all the times that word comes up in the book? It doesn't. But that doesn't mean that it won't in the near future. <laughs> this is one of the uses of this podcast. They get to suggest features that get sometimes added uh, to yeah. pieces of technology. I can tell you this. We are adding all these features and such to narrator. We are having narrator branch out to the voiceover community. So people who are recording for video games and e-learning and all this other stuff. So we just made all this functionality. It's amazing what we could do. So narrator just got like a huge upgrade, actually. So yes, this is on the agenda for sure. And I will confirm it's in active development. I'm constantly getting updates with bug fixes and feature improvements uh, for the podcasting version of Hindenburg. And so yeah. it's one of the things I always look at. Is this a piece of software in active development where it's continuously getting better or is it frozen in place? What are some mistakes that you see authors make when they're recording audiobooks? Hmm. So from the perspective of the guy who's going to do the editing for, let's say, you hire me to edit your audiobook or something. 
if I've been hired a lot to do that, you start seeing the same things over and over again. So I think folks sometimes envision, because we've seen maybe actors like in the recording studio and and they're like being very animated and all of this, which is wonderful. It looks very cool. No one will ever see that because it's an audio medium. If you are really noisy in your audiobook, I'm not sure you can hear this, but I'm like shuffling on my shirt and it's underneath your voice when you're speaking, it's really hard to get that out. It's also just sounds unprofessional. And then if you do, when you do edits and cuts or anything and stuff, it's just in there. So I think the biggest mistake is like making a lot of noises and stuff that you have to take out in the end. And then again, just audiobook is a long process. So the things like when you do a pickup, if you do a big slurp, gurgle, swallow or something like that, and then you really want nose breaths, no one wants to hear you sniff in their ear. If you have to go edit that out later, you do it once, you're like, no big deal. You do it 50 times, you're like, boy, I wish I didn't put in all the sniffs or the gurgles or the slurps. So just being aware. So listen back to your own performance and just be, think about, would I want to hear this with headphones on? That's one of the differences between an audiobook and a podcast. Podcasts have a little bit more of that live feel to it. Sure. A few ums here and there are okay. A few mouth noises are okay. People still don't like them, and we try to edit them out of this podcast. But podcast listeners are more forgiving, especially if it was recorded live, whereas audiobook listeners are not forgiving. (laughs) They want just a clean recording, especially if it's a story. They don't want you to take them out of the story because after a while, the narrator disappears, and the story is playing like a movie in the listener's head and they don't want to be reminded that someone's talking into a microphone and some loud lip smack or some loud breath can take them out of the moment right right just tell the story that's your main job there so for people who are wanting to learn more about narrator do you have any tutorials that kind of walk people through click here to do this and here's how to do this other thing Yes, and we are constantly making more. So if you go to the Hindenburg website and you choose the product narrator, you'll see this area that is called Academy. And in Academy, there are lessons and guides and all kinds of things. I'm making a video series right now that's on you're new to audiobook production. You don't know what ACX is. How do I first make a demo? Then how do I do a one-page audition for an author, and then how do I actually make the audiobook? So I'm doing a holistic series. And then every function, like just basic things, we have hundreds and hundreds of videos for that stuff, like record, stop, cut, any of these things. It's all there on the website for sure. And we have a YouTube page with a lot of the same stuff. This is normally where I would say, if you want to sign up for Hindenburg Narrator, make sure to use my affiliate link. But there is no affiliate program for Hindenburg. I'm just... A big fan, I do recommend that if you record your own audiobook that you use this and not one of the other tools. I've tried the other ones and I don't, for audiobook narration, I don't like any of them nearly as well. I have been using Hindenburg for years and it totally changed my life when I switched to it back in the day. You can find out more at Hindenburg.com. And Jonathan Hurley, thank you so much for joining us today on the Novel Marketing Podcast. I really appreciate it, Thomas. Thanks, Thanks for having me on. Quick personal update. I have a photo of my three children in the show notes. My wife and I have three kids, Mercy aged three, Tommy aged two, and it's hard to believe it, but baby Jack is now six months old. Now, taking care of these little ones 
is my full-time job. My other full-time job is helping authors like you. Now, you may be wondering how I feed my family with a free podcast. Well, the answer is simple. Novel Marketing is a value-for-value podcast. This means listeners who find the podcast valuable give that value back. They can do this by either giving their time, like leaving a review or telling a friend about their show, giving their talent, like answering other authors' questions on authormedia.social, or giving their treasure, becoming a patron or purchasing a course. Time, talent, treasure. These are the three ways you give value back to a podcast you find valuable. Now, how much listeners give depends on how valuable they find the podcast. For some listeners, the podcast is like a marketing book. For others, the podcast is like a writer's conference worth hundreds of dollars. And for a few, the Novel Marketing Podcast has helped them avoid costly mistakes that would have cost them thousands of dollars to learn the hard way. So here is my question for you. Do you find Novel Marketing valuable? And if so, how much? And if you do find it valuable, consider giving some of that value back in whatever way seems best to you. If you become a patron, you get the warm feelings of giving value back, but you also get some really cool rewards. You get a free bonus episode that I record live where I answer patrons' questions. You get massive discounts on our courses. And in June of 2022, you also get a free course. I'm bundling in the Tax and Business Guide for authors. This is a course I did with my dad, who's a CPA. The course normally sells for $99. It's not normally bundled with any of our other courses. It's a very popular course, and I'm just giving it to all patrons this month. So if you're already a patron, check your email for information on how you can access the course for free. If you're not a patron, it's not too late to sign up. You do need to use the coupon code to quote buy unquote the course before the end of June 2022. At higher levels, patrons also receive access to the podcast host directory and your name and book featured in the podcast and in the blog posts. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, just go to authormedia.com slash patron. Oh, and before I forget, our Q&A this month, our patrons only Q&A is with my dad, Tom Umstadt CPA. So we're going to be focusing on tax and business questions. So if you have a tax question that you want to ask a real CPA, this is your chance. And again, this Q&A is my gift to patrons as a way of saying thank you for helping me do this podcast. Speaking of patrons, our featured patron today is Shauna Lettler, author of Remarkable Advent. With breathtaking imagery and captivating storytelling, Remarkable Advent will prepare your heart to celebrate God's greatest gift with 25 daily readings for your family. Rediscover the wonder of the first Christmas in this Advent devotional. You can become a novel marketing patron at authormedia.com slash patron. The Novel Marketing Podcast is a production of Author Media. Our guest today was Jonathan Hurley. The producer is Lori Christine. And this episode's audio was edited by William Umstead. The blog post version is crafted by Lori Christine. And to read that blog post, you can go to authormedia.com slash 328. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr., your host. Thank you for listening and live long and prosper.